Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show, and in this podcast, I'm going to conclude the Pool Startup Panel discussion with Dave Penton, who is a local builder here in Southern California, also the co-host, or one of the hosts of Ask the Masters podcast, also Dave Rockwell, who's a pool service tech that's done a lot of startups in Southern California, and he is the co-host of the Pool Pro podcast. And also Chip Blau is going to join us, who is a member of the National Plasters Council. And I think if you listen to the other three podcasts, you'll see that Chip has a lot of great input. He has quite a lot of experience with the outcome of a plaster and pebble tick pool. And in this podcast, we're going to go over um, how a plaster or pebble tick pool should look when it's finished. And we're going to also address some issues with the pool if the startup is done incorrectly. So you're going to find this podcast very helpful as a wrap-up to the startup series. Leslie's Pool Supplies is a proud partner of the Pool Guy Podcast Show. Leslie's Pool Supplies has been do-it-yourselfers and pool trade professionals' trusted partners since 1963, providing quality products and services to make pool care easy and solutions and expertise to do it right. And let's talk a little bit about that curing process. I've seen pools where dog footprints are in the first Baja step, People that get anxious, they're in there swimming the first week. They have handprints on the walls. Pool techs that are a little overanxious about keeping the pool clean are vacuuming with the manual vacuum, and you'll see the wheel marks in the plaster. So, what can be done? To, can anything be done to reverse that? And I think we should we should also emphasize the curing process. That it's really important to let that pool cure. Yeah, I think um, uh, if you've got the 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 ghost footprints and that. Um, for the most part, you have a very unique pool, uh, and and you have a now a piece of art, uh, just like you put your handprint in the driveway and you carve your initials in there. You got it. Um, you know, uh, it, it they they tend to um, they tend to kind of look creepy and kind of a little cool. It's almost like these little ghost footprints uh, throughout. Um, you know, I actually had a customer many, many years ago before I started building and um, uh, mom and dad left and, and uh, unbeknownst to them, but about three or four months later, all of a sudden these footprints started coming up all over the bottom of the pool and mom and dad said, hey, we told you guys not to swim and, and no, 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 we didn't swim. And they had three boys at three different ages and they were actually able to measure the footprint and they could tell which of the three boys had been in there and which one was lying. So, um, you know, it, it's, it just sort of is what it is. Uh, to my knowledge, there's not a way to really get it out. Um, not, not, not without draining the pool and a light ass wash, maybe a polish. Yeah. Yeah, and, and which adds expense. I mean, that's definitely not a warranty-related issue, uh, and, and there's definitely going to be an expense with that. Sometimes an in, an in-water process will work if it's not too bad. Uh, I I've made them go made them go away with an in-water process, but uh, the quickest way to do it. And most people want it quick. You know, they 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 don't want it real. You know, they, so and we usually do like a 
a time and materials type of thing, a lower, lower price drain, light ass wash, get rid of them, fill it back up. You know, that, that's kind of, kind of what we do as a courtesy to our, our builders customers. What, 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 what was the other thing? The handprints and then you said something else. Yeah, the uh, vacuum wheel marks. I see this a lot on a that, new build. That, that, now, that's different right there. That's something that won't appear right away. That'll appear uh, uh, a lot later, maybe sometimes a whole year later we've seen that. That's because you have the vacuum sucks down and pulls the body of the vacuum down onto the surface, thus pulling the wheels down onto the surface. And very lightly or, or even maybe aggressively pushing on the interior surface okay now you have you have slightly complete uh, changed the complexion of the interior surface so it's not going to cure the same ratio where those wheel marks are as where the wheel marks are not going to uh, 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 be so it's 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 not going to cure the same so in a year when the rest of the pool is done you know not done curing but pretty much cure and it looks beautiful, you see those rings as dark. They're always dark. And that's because you have trapped moisture in those areas because it didn't cure as much. You closed up the pores with those back lines. That can be handled by draining it, light ass wash to open up the pores, and torching with a propane burner. We, we've removed many vac uh, wheels lines with torching. But again, it's that costs money. That's not a warranty thing. What about a bathtub ring, Chip? Uh, you know, the somebody forgets, or, or, or maybe the pool I, builder forgets to tell them, and they only fill the pool halfway up and I then stop off, because they don't want to. I turned off the water because I thought it was going to overflow. Yeah, yep. that happens to us. Yeah, every year, a few times a year. That is very, very difficult to remove because the same thing has happened right at the meniscus of the water going around the pool. That person has changed the cure. At, now, it, it doesn't matter above the waterline or below the waterline. He's changed the cure of the plaster right at the waterline. Extremely hard to get off. We, it dep depending on the surface and what surface it is, if it's a dark surface, light surface, an aggregate surface. On an aggregate surface, they're pretty easy to get off with torching. Uh, kind of a heavy ass wash and torching, we have been able to get them off. On, the, on, say, a black plaster type of surface, I hope you like your new waterline ring. I've seen that before, too. And it's one of those things where the customer thinks that maybe the builder or the pool guy can get it off of there. But it's just part of the, the pool now at that point. And, it ha you know, on a darker plaster, you're right. You see that white line around it about an inch or half an inch wide. Um, so let's wrap. I can if you want to wrap this up, let's talk about what a good pool plaster and what a good pebble tech surface or pebble type surface looks like. We went over all the modeling, um, some of the things that can go wrong in the process and in the startup. So in your opinion, what would be, if you look at a pool and this is subjective, I know um, I saw one pool one time where I just thought it was a, the best white plaster ever, even in the shade, the sun, everything looked beautiful in this pool. Um, that's not very common, but what would be like, for a homeowner's expectations and for the pool service guy, what would be like a pebble tech or a plaster type pool? What could they expect to be what you would consider a good looking pool? Well, from what I hear from builders, no plaster mess out in the street. No, that's a joke that the builder probably got. But uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You guys answer that. 
Yeah, I think managing expectations of the client is really, I love this question because um, it allows us to, uh, to just educate the industry on how to manage the client's expectation. Um, your expectation of a smooth surface, um, you know, you can expect that. Uh, now, that being said, when you turn the lights on at night, Chip alluded to this earlier, this is a hand-mixed, hand-troweled application. It is not going to be like the paint job on your car. Um, it, it's never going to be that, and there are going to be dips, and there's going to be, uh, you know, irregularities in the surface itself. You may not necessarily see that during the day or at certain angles as the sun hits it, you may notice them. Uh, but an overall smoothness to the uh, to to the plaster should be expected. You shouldn't have, you know, sharp corners or or big, uh, you know sand nodules or or that um, on the corners of your steps and things like that um, you know your step the lines of the step should be relatively straight uh, but you know you're not putting a straight edge on it uh, you know you're going to get some waviness to that so uh, and then um, like Mr. Rockwell said earlier as you take a step back and you 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 view the pool as a whole and you're not viewing it under a microscope um, you should have a fairly uniform uh, some fairly uniformity to the to the water uh, but I also want to um, uh, caveat that a little bit that uh, if you have a pool that goes from three and a half feet deep to nine feet deep the water is going to appear different colors just because of the way the sun refracts through the um, uh, through the water and and the color changes so uh, you're not going to be able to expect a perfectly uniform um, color uh, but I think Many, most people, your brain kind of interprets that and you kind of understand that um, as you step back and look at it. So, um, you know, it's, these are not, I, I happen to deal um, with clients that can afford perfection. And when I have a client that wants a perfect pool, we tell them we're not going to be able to give that to you in plaster. Uh, but if you want a perfectly black pool, we will do an all black glass tile pool and we can, you know, we can give you that perfection. Uh, but to the mod to, to 99.9% of the industry and, and homeowners, that's not even an option because, you know, the upcharge for that is, is generally well North of six figures. So, um, so that's that's a uh, that's kind of my take on on how I manage expectations for the clients, and then also just um, again making sure that everybody understands that you're going to have more marbleization of the color the darker the color you go through. Uh, on on uh, any hand troweled uh, interior finish, uh, if, if it's a plaster type finish, you know, meaning no exposed aggregate, then it should be relatively smooth, relatively straight. Always keeping in mind that it is a hand troweled, uh, you know, done by hand. It's guys with trowels in their hand, but relatively smooth, relatively straight. All the penetration should be, you know, flush and even. Uh, as far as color, uh, it, it, it should be uniform in color, but it's not going to be, it's not like a paint job on the wall or a car. It, 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 it's not completely, completely whole like that, but it should be uniform in color. On an exposed aggregate job, same thing. It should be relatively straight, relatively. Rel relatively smooth for exposed aggregate. It shouldn't be rough. The noses shouldn't be rough. Uh, they, they, sh they should be smooth for exposed aggregate. Uh, the aggregate should be compacted well. And now you're going to have some comp comp compaction variable areas. You know, it's, it's impossible to compact 
exposed aggregate perfectly throughout a whole pool, but you shouldn't have bare spots or anything like that. You shouldn't have streaks where that where, where coming down the break where you know it's 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 not compacted well coming down the break, but the rest of the pool looks good. So it, you know it should be uniformly compacted throughout the whole pool. Uh, and as far as the light, you know, the National Plaster Council has a, a really good uh, part uh, reading about that in their uh, ninth edition technical manual, uh, talking about you know pools. Uh, the proper way to view a pool is with the sun shining down onto the pool. You know, any any obtuse lighting shining across the floor of the pool is going to magnify uh, very small imperfections, and, and it's going to make it look. And anybody seen a pool at night? And then looked at it in the day, you wonder, hey, where did where did that dip go to? You can't see it in the daytime. Yeah, and so pool pool lights, although they're a necessity, uh, they magnify any small imperfection going across the floor. Both straight, you know, true, uh, uniform, as far as can be expected by trowling by hand. Or it was a scuba diver that uh, a couple of days after they filled the pool, got into the pool with his weight belt and everything like that, and took his underwater flashlight and was shining it around looking for imperfections. And I had to meet him and. I mean, the first thing I remember, when he told me that, that, he said, you know, I spent I spent six hours swimming this pool looking for imperfections, and I found three. I said, well, that's pretty good. Three in six hours, that's a good average. I, I, I say this is a pretty good pool. If you spent, and then I said, why did you why did you spend six hours in a pool looking for imperfections? You could have spent that time so much better doing other things. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So I think expectations are, are is the key here. I think. Um, some people, you're never going to make them happy. I think that's just their personality. Other people more easygoing. Like I had one customer where I thought the plastic looked really bad. The modeling was extreme. And she was like, well, I kind of like it. It has a lot of style and definition. And I, I like the way that looks. So I think it's one of those things where it's just the person. Sometimes, you know, you, you kind of know the people that you're never going to please them. They're the kind of people that are always complaining about everything. And so, you know, I, I think, but what you guys are saying, I think is true. You know, there's going to be imperfections, but there shouldn't be anything in the actual build that can be seen as an imperfection. Um, it's just a natural way that the cement looks underwater. Basically, I tell people that it's just like um, a pool, a plaster pool is having cement underwater in a basic way. And you're going to have to have that expectation. If you want to pull a lot less discoloration, then go with Pebble Tech or Pebble Sheen. It's a lot better. Um, but the plaster... Plaster is popular. It's, you know, here in California, the color plaster is extremely popular. And I really don't like the light colored plaster. And, you know, if you wanted to go with the, a pool, I think that's going to have the most problems, go with the light gray colored plaster. Or, you know, I, I, am not, I know I'm harping on that color. I want people to know that you're going to see discoloration in that. Um, so basically, I think expectations should be up to the person. But there are some general things that are going to look you're going to see the modeling in different color colors but not nothing in the actual build of the pool is what i'm getting at yeah and i think i believe uh chip you may be able to uh, uh, tell this um i believe i've seen there's a document from the national plasters council which um which kind of talks about color and uh, discoloration and that um i don't know whether it's available to view online or not uh, but i know i've seen something and so 
you know, if you're a homeowner listening to this, um, you know, you can go and and look at that and kind of understand what what your expectation can be and what your expectation should be. Um, because I don't think any of us are saying that every plaster job is perfect. Um, you know, there's there are plaster problems on occasion, and uh, you know, you need to be able to define if it's a problem or if it's a a, a lack of uh, understanding what you're actually getting. Yes, we, we actually have something. It's, it's a, it used to be called the colored plaster agreement. I'm drawing a blank on what it's called now, but base, basically it describes uh, plaster type surfaces, uh, colored plaster type surfaces, what to expect. And a, build, uh, a plasterer, what, what we do with that is we actually have our builders take that to the customer and the customer signs it. That way, six months down the road, when the pool is, you know, uh, not looking that well for whatever reason, uh, we can present that and say, well, you knew what you were buying, you know. So, yeah, it's, uh, it used to be called the colored plaster agreement. Maybe it still is. I'm not exactly sure. The the biggest thing, um, you know, as we're wrapping this down, um, you know, I touched uh, and was speaking to the homeowners about making sure their builder is using a good quality company. Um, but uh, from the service guys, I know as a service guy, I was really nervous um, uh, to do startups because there's such a there's such a tension between builders and and service professionals and plasters and that. Uh, and uh, so the. The way I would analyze whether I was going to do a startup for a client or not is um, same thing I recommended that the homeowners do. Uh, research and know who the plasterer is. Uh, call the plasterer. Ask the plasterer, hey, you know, I'm going to be doing the startup on this pool. And ask them what their preferred startup method is. Ask them for their recommendations. If they don't have any, if they don't have something written, um, you know, you may, you may reconsider. Um, uh, so, so just doing your own homework. Um, you know, I know a lot of service guys are nervous to do startups, uh, but, you know, it's a nice little extra income stream that you can create for yourself. And, you know, with a good high quality company, you know, it's, it's, it's a way to supplement your income and potentially gain some new clients. So, um, don't be as scared, uh, but also don't go in with your eyes closed, uh, go in with the realization that there are different qualities of plaster out there. Yeah. And I think one last thing for the homeowner is that, you know, hearing this podcast, you, you have to have a startup on your pool. It's not, you know, make sure the builder has somebody or you have someone lined up because you can't just fill it and walk away. And I think I see a lot of that in California here and other guys across the country tell me the same thing. Texas is pretty epidemic where they just fill it and walk away. So that's something that homeowner needs to be aware of, that there is a process. This is not something that you can just uh, fill with water. It's not a bathtub or, you know, above ground hot tub. There's definitely a process. So I thank you guys again for your time. Dave Payton, Dave Rockwell and Chip, uh, your last name again? Blau. Blau, yeah. That's, I'm really bad with names, so I'll get that one probably a tenth time I hear it, you know. That's okay. I, I've been listening to your podcast ever since it started. I listened, oh. to it on the, I, I listened to it on the way into work at like 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, download. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that. I have, the, I have the theme music running through my head, so. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. So just to let you know, I've never actually met Chip Blau before this podcast, and after talking to him, I can see his knowledge and experience 
is very vast in the industry regarding the pool plaster and other finishes. And I definitely think he's a great resource for this and um, a great representative of the National Plasters Council. And Dave Penton, I haven't talked to him before, uh, just briefly on another interview off air. Um, and definitely he has a lot, a lot of knowledge as a builder. And of course, his podcast, Ask the Masters, is a very popular podcast that talks about things um, from the builder perspective. And then the new podcast starting out, the Pool Pro Podcast, where Dave Rockwell is a co-host, um, is another great resource. And I'll definitely say that all three are much wiser than me in the startup process. And they really know um, pool plaster, pool startups very well. And I'm thankful that they're able to join me and to make this, you know, a very educational and a very thorough um, tackling of the startup process. And if you're looking for the other episodes, you can find the description um, in this podcast if you can access that in your app. If not, you can go to my website, swimmingprolearning.com. On the banner on the homepage, you're going to see the podcast icon. Click on that. That'll take you to the episodes, and you're going to see part one through three and of this four-part series. And you can listen to those podcasts to catch up on the series. And definitely share this with others who are going to do startups or if you're a homeowner thinking about having a pool constructed, I definitely would advise listening to these podcasts over again to get a clear picture of how the startup process works and how your plaster should look after a proper startup or or Pebble Tech or your whatever um, finish you have, how it's going to look after the proper startup. And if you're in the industry and you're looking to enhance or getting if you're getting started in the business, definitely check out my coaching program at PoolGuyCoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.